Evening, gents. How about a nice warm lager? And help yourself to a packet of crisp or a ruddy nice plum pudding. Holy crap, it's that scale RC show. Hey everybody, welcome to That Scale RC Show, episode 65. I'm one of your hosts, Travis, along with Jay and Adam, and I actually am completely unaware of the topics for tonight. So how's everybody doing? Yes. Good. Yes. Uh, Jay's ready to go camping. <laughs> Except it's cold out. <laughs> <laughs> but I do have... A little Mr. Heater, propane heater that I can use. Oh, so you're ready then. That's all you need. Pretty much, yeah. I don't even need to take food. No. You could just uh, be a minimalist. You can eat, you can scrounge for grubs and, you know, eat natural plants. You just got to read up on your bear, bear grills before you uh, take off. <sighs> I've got it. I've watched an episode that he did with Cara Delamine. And like they have this like in depth, probably three minute conversation about how to poop in the woods. <laughs> it, it was pretty amazing. Like he's got all these like poses and stuff. And like I'm sitting there looking, going, like kind of giving it a little bit of thought, you know, because eventually when you're out, you know, on the trail, you're going to have to do a number two. And so, you know, I was kind of like, well, hey, this is sort of informative. If there's anybody who knows a lot about taking shits out in the forest, it's going to be this guy. And so I'm watching, and he's, like, got this crazy, like, leg stretch where he's kind of down and stuff. And, like, the one thing that I'm thinking the entire time with all these little poses that the two of them are doing for pooping is, what about your pants, dude? Like, your pants are around your ankle still. Are you getting, like, freaking naked to take a poop or something? Like... He's just kind of like all hunkered down, and I mean, it'd work, but he just doesn't address the whole issue with your pants, and I see that as being a problem. I want to know. <laughs> that was a lot. <laughs> I want to know at what, like, where was the point in human history where, like, people were starting to evolve and were like, you know, there's different ways to do this. Like, who was the... Who was the, the true shitting in yeah, the air? Yeah, who was the, like the the true like <laughs> maverick who decided that they're just going to go off and do something else on their own? <laughs> who who was the Benjamin Franklin of we'll, turds? <laughs> we'll never know. <laughs> no, we won't. But really, like I thought I was going to get something out of it, and I didn't. And that's the whole thing. So I don't know. I don't know if he's just assuming that everybody's going to do it pantsless or what. But I'm just not really wanting to strip down that much like there's this weird kid in school that used to stand at the urinal with his pants around his ankles and I'll never <laughs> forget his name his name is Jimmy Hawes and uh yeah dude he it just proud just fucking stand there with his pants down around his ankles and you walk in and like you immediately just turn around and leave like you're just not gonna stand next to the dude remember the first time that I came on this show it was like episode 11 or something and like I came on and I was talking about my mon uh, my mono experience with Dr. Baldgender and Adam was like <laughs> Adam was like man this started out like an episode of Howard Stern <laughs> pretty sure this one is not the guy we were calling Balchin, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Doctor Balchin. 
Oh, God. I hate that guy. I called them and I complained, but they never returned my call. You were super upset about that. Yeah, I had really good reason to be. <laughs> <laughs> Pisses yeah. me off now. Hep had a doctor's appointment at that same clinic this morning, and I was on like a completely different floor, and I was still pissed. <laughs> it's like the shady dentist I went to. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Um, but did you know that the, uh, first patent granted for a flush toilet was issued in 1775? Was it to Thomas Crapper? No, it wasn't. <laughs> no, it was to Alexander Cumming. <laughs> really? Yeah. I, th I thought the guy that invented the flushing toilet was named Crapper. The, he is technically responsible for something different. He... The, the water closet? I'm working on it. Hold on. Looking it up. This is exactly why I have Wikipedia on my phone. Well, yeah, but I, I you know, just Google it. Most of the time, Wikipedia is what comes up. Uh, I feel like I use Wikipedia more than the average person. <laughs> Crapper held nine patents, three of them for water closet improvements, such as the floating ball cock. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. And then, or oh, there's a whole thing about origin of the word crap. You know, I can kind of guess. It might be easy to figure out given this page name. Like, think about that for a second. That's not really like a comp. Like that. That's not something to be proud of. Being famous, having poop named after you, like calling it crap or take a crap. Like, that's like the dude finally hit the big time and got well known, but it's just for all the wrong reasons. And that would be so sad that the rest of the time it's like, you're going around England being the turd guy. Like that's, no, that's your legacy. Not, uh, I, that's, I mean, not really like realistically, who do you think goes around saying, yeah, I know that this is the guy who created the toilet. I mean, you, Tra Travis and I knew. Well, you guys must be some smart fellows then. Nerds! I didn't know. I Googled it. But why? I mean, but why? Because I wanted to know. Because <laughs> the shit's intriguing, man. They don't talk about anything he created. They just say that he was an advocate of sanitary plumbing, which I should hope so. Do you so, think anybody just straight up, like, divided the nation on toilet? <laughs> <laughs> like, like what right now, like, you're not going to take away my freedom and make me shit in the toilet. Like, just like, yeah, it's, what, it's front porches and dog parks. In 1880, what was the version of Facebook threads where they were, like, <laughs> getting super pissed at these guys and... They're arg arguing in newspapers, but it takes like three weeks to for like correspondence <laughs> to take place, and so it just takes forever and ever to like have it out on paper, social media back then. Allow me to retort. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! Is there any RC car talk tonight? Because <laughs> I don't have any. Yes, there is. What do you guys we're have? Gonna, we're gonna in talk. About Interns building a gatekeeper. Oh, yeah. Tell us how you really feel. About intern building a gatekeeper? Yep. Intern needs to read the instructions. 
That's what intern needs to do. I don't know. I don't really have much RC stuff. I really <laughs> wish I could remember who it was I was talking to because it was a really good subject that we hadn't covered yet. I mean, we do have crap, like questions tonight just in case. Yeah, I was going to say that's what I was pulling up right now. We always have that to fall back on if we just completely are unprepared. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, I can get uh, started on those if you want, unless you want, unless you had something, Adam. No, um, there's nothing really new and exciting going on in RC this week that I can think of. Yeah. It all kind of happened last episode. There was all kinds of good stuff. Yeah. yeah I don't know. This episode, not so much. Well, then why don't I ask some questions? Sounds good. Cool. Let's do that. All right, Elliot Chappelle, when is Travis going to get a gatekeeper so we can go send it? Um, to be determined. Probably not for a while. Dylan Hunter asks, what would be the best tires for snow? I'm looking at a pure winter build with the UMG 10, and I'm torn between chains or just tires. It depends on the snow, man. Like, we had that wet snow up here for, you know, we get, like, two weeks a week. Like, maybe at the most each year we'll have snow on the ground here. And I think the tracks work really well, but they're expensive. Um, my car did not do super great in the snow, but I also didn't really expect it to because it's heavy. Yeah. So... I don't know. Like, I would think a really lightweight build with a really open tread design tire that is as wide as you can possibly get so it'll kind of float. You know what somebody needs to do, actually, is take, a, like, a Toyota or something or a 4Runner, um, you know, pick up or a 4Runner and do one of those Tundra trucks, like what they had on top gear with the really wide tires and stuff is do like one of those like Arctic exploring trucks like what they took to the North Pole. Yeah. That would be a good build. And just use like some kind of small monster truck tire or even like some 2.2 stadium truck tires, like some basher ones. That would probably yeah. work really well. Yeah. That'd be cool. But as far as like regular scale stuff, I don't know. I mean, have you spent much time snow driving, Adam? Uh, so when the last time I went, I was a little disappointed because I'll admit my, uh, cam threes did not really work that well. Um, but then again, they were not the predator compound. Yeah. So I don't know if that makes a difference. Um, cause I just remember mine would just dig to China. I would just literally just start digging. That's what my Jeep did, but. It's also, I mean, that thing's like eight and a half pounds, though, so I kind of well, was just expecting it to just sink, and it, it did. Well, that was also with a pretty much stock um, deadbolt. Yeah, I don't know. I, I've never really even thought about doing a winter build just because we don't get winter long enough here. But And then one of the first things I ever did way back when, I should probably look to see if I could find pictures of this, um... I want to say circa like 2011, uh, we were going up to Tahoe, and I was on RC crawler, and I wanted you know to do something to you know run the truck in the snow. And there was actually back then there was tutorials on how to make your own snow chains, 
So, yep. So I made a set of. I walked across the street to the Ace Hardware, bought a roll of small. I think they call it Z-Link chain or something like that, um, and used two pairs of needle nose pliers. It took a while, but you just pull them apart, measure them out, count the amount of links that goes across, and this, that, and the other, and I made a set of snow chains. I tried, and it was ridiculously expensive. Like, I went to Ace and bought some chain, and I, I think it was it was something stupid like, 18 bucks or something and it wasn't even that much and like I started to make one and was just like over it because by that time the snow was melting and everything else I was like alright if I have to get chains I'm just going to buy some from like Asia Tees or something yeah I don't know if anybody does anybody actually make a pre-made set I think they used to on Asia Tees I thought huh I'll have to check that out Um, Jeremy Kim, he asks, curious on, curious on your thoughts on what you guys would like to see next in the scale world. I personally would like to see more scale transmissions. I know the standard is the three geared stand-up transmission, but since scale is becoming more popular, it would be nice to have more scale transmission options out there in the market. Yeah, so I get what he's saying, and I'm kind of, you know, it's it's actually something that would make, you know, kind of like across the board a universal build a lot easier. Even if you do like a half interior, a more scale style transmission is going to allow you to get even a half interior or more in-depth interior going in there. The problem is they need to develop one that has enough gear ratio options so that way you could still get the crawlability because with the standard, you know, three gear setup, you could really you know, change the gear ratio to allow it to crawl. The smaller the transmission, they can only put so big of a gear in there so you're not getting enough reduction. So, which is kind of why I think, like, the SCX-10 3 has such a tall gear ratio is because they're they're using really small gears. So... Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, you can only get so much out of something like that, I suppose. But yeah, so... But I do agree. It would be nice to see something like that. Yeah. Um, Chris Trudeau. Adam recently posted his Cow RC boxes for when he hits the trail. It got me thinking about what I take out on the trail, uh, which is a larger backpack and spare rig when the cross spot is greater distance and the softer bag when the car is accessible and easy to swap. Besides perhaps the obvious batteries, wrenches, miscellaneous screws, water, snacks, etc. So what does your trail kit look like or what are recommendations? I did a video on that. Yep, and I still need to do mine. Um, basically... When I hit the trail, I make sure I just, like you said, I have, you know, stuff to make a quick repair. Um, That dot box has almost anything I need to make a trail repair, anything majorly catastrophic, like where you need to solder it or whatever, the rig's going back to the truck. Um, And then, yeah, I usually like to have a water bottle with me, you know, a cliff bar of some sort, just so you have something to munch on, or, you know, beef jerky, anything that's like a, you know, quote-unquote, trail snack um and then for me the other stuff was not so much anymore 
mainly because I'm going to start focusing on using my phone. But I used to keep a lot of accessories and stuff for my GoPro because that's what I used to film with, uh, but not so much anymore. So. Yeah. I just stuff as much in my backpack as I can and go. <laughs> it's not too far from the truth. Um, Andre Campos. Jay, what servo mounts are you using for the Capra Killer? Uh, I'm not really sure yet. Um, all the ones that I've seen look like you could get the servo lower to the axle housing if you wanted. So I don't know. I don't know if this is something that with whatever the reason there's like this resurgence in popularity of servo on axle going on lately. Yeah. And I mean, it, it has to be that way for what I'm building, but it makes me think like maybe we need to do up a billet one for the element. Yeah, I've been thinking about this a lot lately because it seems like there's so many kits out there that really we're just we're going to throw it on and it doesn't quite get it as low as it could be. Yeah, in large gaps. I, I mean, I the ones that are out there now look good and everything, but they're all just bent, you know, heavy gauge sheet metal, and I would much rather do like a billet aluminum one. There was a guy that had one on Shapeways that was 3D printed metal, but it was also like 40 bucks, and I'm not going to spend 80 bucks on servo mounts yeah. for, for the moon buggy. Yeah. We could actually get like our own done for <laughs> close to that. Uh, yeah. Um, Scooter Scott. Do you think someone will step up and make good Lexan interiors since Proline discontinued all theirs? God, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, please. I'm yeah, so I'm... bummed out about that. Man, that upset me. Yeah, it'll be nice if somebody did, but, you know, we never know. And I think a lot of it is, I think a lot of people are kind of waiting to see what happens with the 3D printed world because so many people just 3D print stuff now, they probably are like, eh, is there really a market for it? At the same time, though, it's like 3D printing, especially to that level, is still just a little bit ways away, to me, you know, from being a viable option. And really goddamn heavy. Oh, that's true. True. Yeah, I don't know. What we really need to do is talk to someone from ProLine and ask them why they did that, and then that might give some some incentive for someone to do it or not to do it. So... Oh, back to snow chains really quick. Uh, Asia Tees has them for 5 and $6, depending on the length you need. And that's for a pair. Oh, hey, there oh, you go. So two for 6 bucks. So anyways. Interesting. That's somewhere you can source them from. Nice. Um, Jose Maldonado, what brand of paint do you guys use for the 3D printed parts, Lexan, and hard bodies? Love your show. Keep the good work. Thank you. Thanks, man. Yeah, thank you. Um, I guess I'll dive into this. So for 3D printed parts, usually um, almost any kind of paint sticks to that. So typically what I'll use is actually like model paint, um, which would be like the Tamiya paint for like hard plastic. I Don't quote me on what the actual beginning of it is. Um, I forget. But it comes in those little glass jars. Um, and I'll usually do that and I get like a array of small brushes and just take my time and just paint it that way. Uh, obviously if you're going for like one big, like if somebody 3d prints something in a weird color and you wanted it to be like, like they were just printing it on like a gray and you want it to be black, I'll hit it with 
spray paint first, then I'll go in and detail it out. Um, but yeah, I use Tamiya. I also use Tamiya for Lexan, which is their PS, which is the polycarbonate um, line of paint. Um, and then hard bodies, I typically just use rattle can. I don't use anything special for that. I just go get, you know, go to Home Depot or Lowe's or wherever, Ace Hardware, and uh, get yourself, you know, just regular paint. I don't yeah. get anything special for hard bodies, but yeah, that's pretty much how I paint my vehicles. Yeah, for me, Lexan, I try and use Tamiya paint as much as I can. Um, for backer and stuff I'm going to cover, I bought some Duratrax black paint just to, you know, for stuff that I'm going to wrap anyways. And not happy with it at all. Like, it, it's not nearly as good as the Tamiya stuff, so I'll probably continue using Tamiya. Um, I found recently if you scuff what you're working on with Lexan, you can use um, Rust-Oleum 2X. That 2X is actually what I used on the outside of the Tacoma, and the stuff adheres just awesome. And so you can use 2X, I found out, on Lexan bodies. It'll work on almost any type of plastic. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, really, it's kind of Tamiya and 2X. Now, when there's something I'm doing that needs to be flat black, like a Jeep top or fender flares and stuff, there's an automotive paint company called SEM, and they have a uh, trim black, a matte trim black paint for doing, like, moldings and stuff on cars is what this is for. And uh, the stuff bites Lexan really, really well, and so I use that for anything that needs to be matte black. Nice. Nice. Okay. Uh, Mike Frisbee. Love the show. What happened to 2-2? Did people stop driving them because companies stopped making them or vice versa? I have a decent Wraith that I love to drive, but I feel like I will be judged for taking it on a trail run. Trail run. I can wheel a 1.9 decent, so it's not like I need the 2-2 as training wheels. Keep up the great content, boys. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. I just got to ask, are you related to Michelle's dad? He says that every time we hit the trail. Why doesn't anyone run 2-2 anymore? I said, if you want to run your 2-2, then run it. He goes, it's so much easier. It just goes over everything. I said, there's your answer. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, I mean, if that's what you're going for, then cool. You know, everybody kind of expects a Wraith to be 2-2 because it was for such a long time. So I don't think anybody's going to, like, judge you. Plus, if they did, who cares? Yeah. Well, it, the other thing what it comes down to is it's just like run what you want to run. I mean, see, that just goes to show you, and I, I don't want to take this out of context, but, you know, like we have such a sheep mentality that it's like they see everybody doing something that they think they have to run the same stuff. You know, if, yeah. if you enjoy 2-2, run a 2-2. Yeah. People went to 1-9s and then subsequently smaller tires as we've gone on because – proportionately for a lot of the bodies and builds, it makes a lot more sense. Yeah, Yes, it's more difficult. It provides a little bit more of a challenge, and that is, without a doubt, good incentive to go to one nines. But, I mean, that's the core reason that everyone did. It was just because, I mean, put, put two twos on any scale build, and it doesn't doesn't quite work. There's nothing wrong with it, but it's just... That, just that, looks kind of funny. Yeah, just, and that's kind of wise. I mean, if you want to take your two two wraith out there and you know do it, then I mean, yeah, by all means, do it. I mean, in all fairness, if you're driving, what is it? What did he say he had a wraith? Yeah. So if you're driving yeah. a wraith, I mean, it makes sense anyways. It's a two two rig, so nothing stops. Is that, he actually posted a picture of it. 
Oh, I didn't copy and paste the picture. But oh yeah, um, it's pretty cool. It's actually like in. I, I want to know if he actually painted this himself because it's actually done really well. Hmm. I mean, I obviously like the the I call it the sponsor panel is going to be all stickers, but it's kind of it's like a gray, almost like a brushed aluminum look, and then it's got orange, kind of like a zigzag, kind of like an old school kind of like. I'm trying to think of the word like. 80s monster truck kind of like you know theme to it um and then he's got a bunch of little stickers like savox axial vanquish proline j concepts the the wraith sticker like he's got a lot of the old the og stickers from that sticker kit but it looks like he put a uh deadbolt or smt driver head on there it's the skull with the helmet oh okay and he's got like a fire extinguisher in the back with that looks pretty scale. He's on some Jake Concept tires. I'm not sure what those are, but no, it's a good-looking rig. Oh, yeah, I see it. Yeah, I, mean, I don't see the problem there. So, I mean. I mean, like, I'll be honest, and maybe this is a good little, I'll make a little, like, you know, intermission, um, you know, like, comment it's kind of like i was telling jay the other night i you know i'm kind of torn on that uc fab build it's like it was designed to be around a wraith i mean it's got a wraith belly pan i put ar60s with axles underneath it but it's like i go back and forth i go should i switch it over to a one nine you know platform or should i just keep it and i keep going back and forth because i don't know which way because you know it's like you know everybody's on one mind now but at the same time, it's like, I don't know. XR width might look really good on that. But I was already thinking I might have to still stick with those two twos and stretch one nines over them because I already paid a lot of money to get those wheels Cerakoted. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. So I'm like, uh, yeah. I don't want to just, like, ditch them all of a sudden. Yeah, that's true. I, and one thing he said, too, was like, you know, I have a decent rate. I'd love to drive, but I feel like I'll be judged for taking it on a trail run. I mean, you probably will be, but regardless, that shouldn't stop you. Um, if you enjoy it, then go do it. Yeah. Unfortunately, you can't. Yeah, I mean, you really, un, there's not really a whole lot you can do to prevent that, unfortunately. So, I mean, it's just. Find new friends. Well, that, too. Yeah. Yeah. Get better ones. Yep. Yeah. Um, Paul, okay, yeah, Paul Shulman, he says, how do you decide on motor and ESC choice, when to go brushless or brushed, and when to spend more on a motor or just run a cheap system? Totally depends on the rig. Uh, I wouldn't even say it depends on the rig. It depends on what you want. Well, I mean, like, rig as far as, like, what you're wanting out of it, you know what I mean? Like, if you want to go fast, you're going to put a brushless system in it. If you're on a budget and all you do is slow crawl, then go brushed. Not necessarily. I mean, like, with the um, with the 10.3, I wanted an all-around. So, I mean, I went brushless, but it's got, for what it is, enough slow crawlability, but I can still get down and party on if I give it the onion. So, Give it the onion. And that's uh, 
you know, with the brushless. So I don't know. It really comes down to like personal preference. I mean, it's also, I mean, the motors have come a long way in the last couple of years. Um, but I remember back when I first got into the hobby, I'm, if you had brushless, you had to do a lot to make them waterproof or water resistant. Um, and everybody would stay brushed just because they're easier to take care of. Uh, you know, you don't have to really worry about them with water and all that stuff. So it really, like I said, it comes down to personal preference. Um, I got a mixture. I got rigs that are running brush, and I got rigs that are running brushless. It really just depends on what I want to run. Yeah, they're both fun. Yeah. Um, Rich Morgan from RC Network, he says... I have a built VS410 Pro. What motor ESC should I install? Jay, you can't say anything Tekken, and Adam, you can't say anything Holmes Hobbies. Man, that's tough. I can say Tekken. You, you basically took out like any like the two the top, two, yeah, the two top know? ones. I mean, the only other thing I'm going to be able to say after that. But if you're spending, well, and I already know who Rich is, but if he's already spending that kind of money on a VS410 Pro, I mean, why are you going to spend money on, like, I'm probably going to get a lot of hate for this, but, like, lesser quality, like your Hobby Wing. I mean, I know some people are going to be like, are you kidding me? Hobby Wing's pretty expensive, so it's like, you know, it's got to be, like, closer to, you know, higher-grade electronics, but realistically, I don't think they are. I think it's, you know, a... You know, they're good. I'm not saying they're horrible. I just don't think they're the same quality as Tekken or Holmes Hobbies. Yeah. But hey, you know what? This is how you. This is how you trick the the person given the question. My answer is going to be run Tekken, and you can say run Holmes Hobbies, and then we solve the answer. <laughs> That was really good. Since I wasn't mentioned, I can just say by a Tekken. Yeah, Trav can say it. So now I I kind of put Castle and Hobby Wing in the same category, like kind of a middle of the road quality. See, the problem I have with Castle is I just don't really think of them for crawling. Their speed controls work across the board, but their motors I just don't think of them as a crawling motor. I always think of them as short course, go fast, so it's hard to say that would be the motor choice I'd go with. I don't even know anyone who has one of those Castle Slate motors. I know they come that, in one of the Red Cats, I think, but no, so, no, they don't. It comes with a Hobby Wing, never mind. And uh, I don't know. I mean, if people have had great experience with Castle and everything and like their stuff, then good on them, but I just... My past experience with Castle and then just overall, I just... I don't like the look. I just I, you have a car like a VS410 Pro, which is just kind of top to bottom, just no exclusions on a rig like that. And yeah, best of the best. Yeah, and you're gonna put a castle in it. I could just just doesn't. It just doesn't yeah. seem right. You know, I mean, I I don't know. I'm biased, obviously, but that that's just not something that I could honestly picture myself doing yeah i don't know my thing with electronics and this is just what i tell everybody is just you get what you pay for whether it's a servo motor esc whatever you get what you pay for yeah and sometimes that's not the physical product sometimes that's customer support like with tekken 
you know? Like, I mean, yes, it's expensive, but you also have an awesome warranty and really good customer support with it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the other thing too is I could actually be kind of like a bigger smartass, and I can actually make my answer even com- more complicated because technically, right now, Homes Hobbies does not offer. Um, I actually don't even. I have to look. I don't even know if they have their brushed, um, ESCs anymore. Because I know he discontinued his brushless. I don't know if he's discontinued the brushed. I have to, I'll have to double check, but um, so I could pick a different motor and still hit him with the castle because I know, and Travis is probably like cringing or giving me the middle finger, but um, I'm I run uh, the castle uh, Mamba X. That's pretty much been my go-to. Um, it's easy for me to adjust it and set it up on the computer, and it's been pretty good. I mean, I do like my um. I have a what? What is it? I'm drawing a blank now. I have what? I actually do have a Holmes brushless ESC, which I believe was not the B, not the BR, BRXL. It was the one that was the Castle um, SCT one. I want to say yeah, the Sidewinder or whatever is what I it forget like. what it is, which is horrible on my part. Um. Oh, there was one question. He asked. He asked this on Trackwalk last night, but I figured this question was better suited for here. Um, oh, I saw that. Yeah. So, Jeremy Joseph Olson. He asks. This one is from Oliver. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce the AK. I don't want to get that wrong. So, with the gatekeeper's versatility, what is the perfect motor size and why? I would love to hear from each of you, please. I. I am very, very happy with the 3100 KV running a free cell with it. It can slow crawl, it doesn't build up heat, and it's fast enough where you can jump and have fun with it. So that's that's my choice. I think that 3000 KV range is probably a pretty good setup for anybody that's building a gatekeeper and wants to go brushless. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm the wrong guy to ask, so... My go-to in a uh, honestly, if that was my if it was my rig, I'd probably start about a twenty-seven. Um, but that's just me. Yeah, I mean three three gets a little three thousand gets a little fast. I mean, I I'll admit it's like when I talked to Todd Norton about this, cause he was like, "Oh, you need to go with a th- with a thirty-two hundred uh, kV," and I did. And the rig's just way too fast. I had to I had to slow it down so much in the um, on the computer that I just you know I don't I basically now you're not using everything to its full potential. So it's just kind of a waste of money almost because that's kind of how I feel about it. So it's like I probably should have just went with the 27 and been done with it, but I listened and you know so if I would have done it over again, I would have went with 27. So. And it all well with the gatekeeper being that's based off the in, the enduro um, with the standard transmission, a twenty seven should be fine. If you want more speed, then yeah, you're gonna want to go about a three thousand. But 
if you're wanting somewhere <clears throat> what I feel is more in the middle, I would go 27. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Yeah. That's all the questions we had. So. And of course, if you asked that question while I was try- trying to read up on this, because it's the Torque Master BRXL, which I have, but I forget if that's the one I have for my brush or if that's the one I have for the brush list. I don't know, because you redid his website now, and you you can't pick based off of, like, brushed lists, you know, or brushed. Now it's like you pick speed controllers, they're all there. Hmm. Actually, it's pretty crazy. Everything but his Torquemaster BR Mini is out of stock. I told you, I don't know what's going on with all that. Damn. Hmm. Oh, we have another question. We do? Yeah, to our inbox. Um, oh. Is there a way to charge the LiPos that come with the... Is there a way to storage charge the LiPos that come with an SCX24, or is it not necessary? Uh, I... God, I don't know. I would try if you're gonna let it sit. I would try and run it down to lipo cut off and just store it that way until you need it again. I, you could probably wire up a squid or a set of leads to accept that goofy little plug that's on there, but battery oh, that small is going to yeah, be yeah, and they're bit. like fourteen bucks. So who cares? Well, that, who cares? Yeah, and I mean, if if anyone's ever had one of those like tiny RC helicopters that take a sort of similar size battery, then you know that that battery is bad basically after however long of not using it anyways, not very long. So, I mean, you, it's something that small and that cheap, you might as well just kind of plan for that. Yeah. You might get a year or two out of it. I don't know. We'll see. We haven't had any of ours long enough to really know, but like I just, I those little micros, I've just put them away where wherever the voltage was at when we quit driving them that last time. Yeah, well, we will report back to you. Yes. If they, if we never talked about it again, that meant that things are going well. And we, yeah. we still have it. <laughs> so. Yep. Um, oh. Hey, now. Sorry. <laughs> um. Yeah, what else did you guys have? The, really, the only thing, like, if I circle back to it, it's just my, it's just my dilemma with what to do with that UC fabric. It's like, do I sell the Curry AR60s or whatever the Curry with AR60s, and you know, like, do like what Jay said, go XR, and then I could probably still run the two twos and stretch one nines over them, and go for that like buggy look like the rock buggy look kind of thingy or would I just keep it 2-2 and just say F it Uh, I don't know I don't know hard to say XR width would look pretty good on that thing but I don't know I I was having this conversation with myself the other day about whether or not I wanted to stretch 1-9s over 2-2s on that moon buggy build and 
I did it on the Capra that I had, and like I, I just, I don't know if the tires worked as good because it's like when you do stretch one nines over two twos, you have basically like no foam options. Like you have to figure it out yourself, and that can be kind of tricky. Um, and I, I just kind of didn't want to deal with that, you know. Like I, I like the Proline two stage foams. That happens to be what's on it, and that's probably what I'll stick with. And plus, I mean, the one nines that are on it have, you know beef patties and stuff and I just had ordered the other day some uh, SSD brass internal clamp rings for it so I'm trying to get the wheels as heavy as I can on that thing so I don't really want to have all that money go to waste and not you know not use all that stuff and switch to two twos on it yeah no I get you I just I just keep going back and forth because I go well I use it more if it's not you know, um, Wraith Curry Axles or, you know. It's it's always such a big decision. Like, decisions like that are hard. Like, picking out wheels, that's always a tough one. Yeah, like I said, I think I'm just, I don't know. I'm torn... You're torn. We're at the 40-minute mark, so I don't know. If... <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, gosh. Um, I only have one project, and like I said, that's the moon buggy that I'm working on. Yeah, um, I got a couple projects. I got that, which is still waiting on, which, like I said, if everything I keep finding, it's, dri- it's kind of driving me nuts. It's a lot of frustration. Um I still need electronics for the UC fabric. Oh, what else? Um, I need to figure out my link situation for the 1-9 bomber. Then I got to play musical parts because those wheels are going on the Capra. Hmm. And then the Capra wheels are going on that. Yeah. It's a lot of playing around with stuff. Yeah, the the only project I have right now, I can't talk about, unfortunately. So <laughs> we have a lot of stuff going on that we can't talk about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it has to do with the uh, the Bronco build. That's all I can say. So. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what's on my bench currently, and not much else. Well, on that part of my bench. A lot of stuff everywhere. But. I'm curious as to what this moon buggy is going to end up costing by the time it's done versus buying like a Capra or an RTR Capra. And the funny thing is, I thought you said you were going to call it the the um, goat goat slayer. slayer. Yeah. And then now <laughs> you're just actually calling it the Capra Slayer. I think so. I don't know. I, I, at first I said Capra Killer, and then Brandon Caton had messaged me, and he has a license plate on his gatekeeper that says uh, Capra Killer. So I was like, oh, that isn't going to work. I'm going to have to go with something else. So, yeah, I don't know. Goat Slayer, Capra Slayer, something. We'll see. If it sucks, I'm going to look really dumb. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll have, we'll have to do a shootout. Well, I'm doing it like the shocks on it. I'm really unfamiliar with, and 
I needed to get 120 millimeter shocks for this thing for it to sit right. And it, like a real moon buggy, like the Jesse Haynes ones and the laser nut one and stuff, they rest almost completely bottomed out. Like there's no up travel. Like they're completely bottomed out when they sit static. And so that's kind of the way I'm building this thing. And I've got springs in it right now under the piston so that the resistance is pulling away from it rather than pushing towards it. Um, I have a set of shocks. I'm trying that way and actually did, didn't did do oil in it. I just lubed the inside of it with grease because um, they're already pretty smooth. And with them sitting bottomed out all the time, I didn't really see the need for having oil in these with what I'm doing. So it, that's going to depend on my how it works. It'll depend on you know, having a lot of weight in the wheels to pull against that spring when the tires drop down. So that's one set of shocks I'm going to try that way. The other set I'm going to try with no springs at all and like 45 weight oil in it and see how that goes. So we'll see. I don't know. It's There's a lot of areas that are just kind of uncharted territory with that build that I'm just kind of having to figure it out as I go because it's, for for those of you that, haven't seen it or really heard about it or anything. It's an enduro skid, enduro links, and two enduro front axles so that it has front and rear steer. And it's a G-made R1 cage that I found. And four of the skid bolts for the R1 cage happen to match up to four of the skid bolts on the enduro skid. And you could use an axial skid too. Either either or would be fine. Um, so that that was really kind of crazy. I was like, man, what a, you know, lucky accident that was. I didn't have to 3D print a skid or anything like that to make this thing work with the trans and stuff in it. And then I just happened to get super lucky and the SMT10 interior fits in it. Um, there's a little bit of modifying and cutting I'm going to have to do, but not much. So I'm really happy about that. My biggest concern was the transmission sticking up so high that you wouldn't be able to have any kind of an interior, but it worked out perfectly to where the tallest point of where the spur gear is on the transmission just tucks inside the seat back and the driver mold, you know, like the, that cavity that's kind of in the bottom of the interior, it all just sucks right up underneath that nice and clean. So, I mean, it, it's kind of funny for just being like a Frankenstein build that was not, you know, it's made with pieces that were in no way made to make together at all on this thing. It actually is going together really seamlessly. So I'm, I'm pretty stoked on it. So it'll be fun to try out and see how it does. It, uh, I, I, I'm sure it's going to be good. I mean, just with, with, applying the little bit of knowledge that I have with like setup and everything. Like I really do think this thing's going to end up being pretty badass. Um, it doesn't have portals, but you could always add like SSD portal knuckles or something to it. If that ends up being an issue with this thing, but I don't think it will. I don't get a lot of hangups on the pumpkin of the enduro axles anyways, as it is. I mean, just kind of adjust your line accordingly. So I don't really see a need for portals. So we'll see how it goes. But it's been fun. A really fun little build. It's nice. So I don't know. That's about all I got going on. I I bought a wagon the other day. A wagon? A wagon. A red wagon? Like a radio flyer? It it is red, but no. It's a a 41-inch long collapsible wagon. And I had found it on Amazon for like 60 bucks, And it's got a 120-pound 
cargo rating. And it's, it's just perfect. Like you can stack your rigs in there, your toolbox and like all your video recording equipment and everything. Or if we're doing a comp, I can put the bag of gates in it and everything else that I need and just pull it to where we're going to set up. It's going to work a lot better than trying to use like big plastic cargo boxes and stuff like I've done in the past. So kind of excited. I'll get to try that thing out for the first time tomorrow when I go do some filming for some stuff. So, yeah, I'm kind of excited to try that thing. should be kind of convenient. Nice. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's my wagon. Very cool. And I'm making a bunch of scale, easy-up setups with, like, half walls and back walls on them, so that's another little project I got going on. I'm going to send some of those to the Element guys, and then the other ones are going to be used for a future video project. Sweet. Oh, I I did put a sound box in the gatekeeper. Did you really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you know how that thing has um a provision for a rear battery tray also on that rear shock tower brace. Uh-huh. Well, I moved the battery and put a new. You know, I had a leftover tray from like all the different builders kits that we've had, and so I've got a shorty battery tray in the back and that's where I have the battery located and then the sound box is the perfect size to where it fits in the front battery tray and the velcro loops hold the battery and just go right around it so it's really cool if I'm going to do serious driving and I want that more forward weight bias I can just take it out just really really quick and then throw the battery in the front tray and you're good to go or you know so it works out really good it's it's kind of cool that you can have that and then get rid of it if you're going to do some serious driving but I ended up I thought it'd be kind of interesting to do so I, I've been watching a bunch of like Ultra 4 and stuff like that lately because they just had the Nationals in Oklahoma and uh, one of the things I saw at like Moab and some other places Jesse Haynes his stock class Jeep that he races is the diesel and so I thought, well, you know what? That'd be pretty cool to do like a diesel Ultra 4 truck because I've seen like diesel pre-runners and stuff and they're pretty rad. And so I thought, well, you know what? I'll just make a little stack for it in the back, you know, where the fuel cell and the radiator and all that is. So I've got a little exhaust stack that sticks up back there and then added diesel sounds to it. And uh, this is the Sense Innovations ESS Dual. So it's the one with the two speakers and man, does that thing get loud. Like, it's got an adjustable volume control on it, and I think, like, two button presses is where I leave it because it can be obnoxiously loud. It's pretty crazy, but you can... There's software that you can download for your computer, and you can go in, and you can actually, like, tweak all the sounds and stuff, and you can add braking sounds. Like, if you're building a drift car, you can have, like, the tires screech and stuff. Um, Really cool stuff. There's a third channel on it for, like, a horn, if you want to have a horn button on your radio. It's set up for that. Um, You can add, like, turbo and all these different engine sounds and stuff. Really, really cool. So there's a lot to choose from, and you just plug uh, plug it in with this, like, USB dongle, and you can change all your settings and stuff. You can change how long it'll sit there and idle before it shuts off, and very, very cool little thing. I, I, It'll probably get old after a while. Like, it's probably not something I would use around a lot of people or on the trail because I think it would get irritating to listen to after a while, but... I don't know, I just, for that that thing, I've ended up, like, making such a, like, dollhouse rig out of with, like, so many scale details and stuff that I figured that 
the sound thing was kind of like the nice like finishing touch that that gatekeeper needs. So yeah, so that's that's been kind of cool. Very cool. Yeah. I feel like you don't actually mean that. You're just saying that to move the conversation along. No, I think that is cool. Are you sure? Yeah. It's not geeky? No. Or nerdy? No, I don't think it's nerdy. Well, actually, to be fair, it's all nerdy. Yeah, all of it's super nerdy. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, no, it's been a fun little project. I bought a bunch of chapstick on Amazon so that I can rob the caps off of them to make GPS antennas because Intern never drew the one that I wanted. Dang it, Intern. Killing me. <laughs> I need to get our 3D printer back in working order and get that thing all squared up and going again because it'd be nice to... There's some stuff I want to do, like some mirrors and stuff I want to print. So Yeah. Did you ever figure out what the part was you needed for yours and, like, if it can be sourced on Amazon or something? I still need to tear it apart and install what I've got, and if that works, then I'm getting somewhere. If not, then, uh, well. Okay. So I figure before too long we're going to, one of us will need one to work at some point. Well, right, and i got to start prototyping some stuff for that undisclosed project, so. Yes. That's going to be kind of crucial that it all fits yeah so yeah i i'm it's on the list but yeah i haven't gotten that far yet i really hope next year ends up being a lot more like regular life so that we can actually like do more events and i really would like to do live broadcasts and stuff and some of that stuff would be so much fun there's like so much i want to do and it really sucks having our hands tied by this whole epidemic well you know what's funny is the fact that like i got an email today talking already about uh next 2021's supercross like race series like which events are starting already like what they're already planning for so i mean that would be like to me it's kind of like one of those you know it's it sounds like it's going up and up but it's like we don't know what what the future is going to entail yeah it makes it really hard to plan because i mean there was a lot I wanted to do this summer that we just weren't able to do because of all this mess, and so that was a huge bummer. Yeah. But hopefully this next year, because we have a lot of grand plans for this show. Sure do. Like, like getting Adam up here. Yeah. Schultz sure liked it. He thought it was pretty cool. He, he liked the spots we went to enough to where after he picked his wife up from the airport, he drove her back to like Erie and stuff to check out. So that was pretty cool. Nice. Brad, yeah, no, I mean, I, I'd really love to come up. I want, you know, that's one of the places on my bucket list. It's just for me, it's planning, you know, around all this crap that's going on and work. Yeah, exactly. So... Well, Brett and Brenda from Die Hard are down in California right now. They're actually, I think, maybe it was today. I'm not sure. No, I think Thursday maybe it is that they're going crawling at Corona Del Mar with Schultz and the gang. Nice. Dude, I didn't realize how, like, popular Corona Del Mar was until, like, I was scrolling through Instagram and Tommy Vext of uh, Bad Wolves was posting that he was out at a jog at Corona Del Mar, and I'm just going, 
dude, like how like random would that be? You're sitting there trying to crawl on the rocks and here comes like some musician jogging down the trail. Yeah, that'd be kind of crazy. Yeah, that's it's a neat looking spot. Like I kind of referred to the place we have here, Cap Sani is kind of our Corona Del Mar because it's like by a marina and stuff and it's kind of cool. But yeah, it's it's really the only thing we have up here that's close to the type of rock formations and stuff they have down there. Which it looks fun. That's definitely a place I want to check out, but the bad part is it's in Southern California and it's just like not my favorite place to visit ever. I mean, there's some nice stuff there, but really, I mean, like, Northern California and, like, Northern Central California is about as California as I'm willing to get because it still has trees and is pretty. I just don't dig the dry, dead nothingness, especially down by, like, Ontario and stuff. Like, dude, it's so gross down there. Dry, dead, brown, nothing. Like, it's just not pretty country. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I mean, even in the Bay Area, there was a park I went to in San Francisco, and it was, like, pretty heavily wooded. So, I mean, like, at least you guys have, like, trees where you live and stuff. In San Francisco, it's probably heavily covered in crap by now. (laughs) Could be. It's It's a turned into a big homeless community instead. Oh, it's nasty. Like, I'm not kidding. It's, like... I haven't even been to, like, where – what is it? It's not called Central Park, is it? Golden Gate Park. I haven't been in – I haven't really been by Golden Gate Park except for, like, when I drove through to pick up my truck last year. Um, but, like, <clears throat> I just hear horror stories. I mean, I remember going, like, even, like, three, four years ago, um, we used to do, like – quote-unquote, like, double dates. we go down to, like, the Fisherman's Wharf and stuff because our buddy and his woman used to love going to San Francisco. So we'd, like, you know, tag along and all that stuff. And it was just, like, oh, it's disgusting. You'd be walking down the street, and there's just a pile of crap sitting there, and you're just like, really? Like, you just, felt, you just felt like you'd have to, like, burn your shoes when you got back to the house. Ugh, yeah. Gosh, I haven't been down in that area since 2011. That was the last time I was down in the Bay Area. Like, Oakland was still pretty rough, like, because I was down there and went to Oakland Supercross, and, like, it it was pretty rough, but I don't know. It wasn't, like, what I've been seeing on the news and, and pictures and stuff on Facebook. We were probably at the same Supercross. In 2011? Yep. Yeah, it rained. Yep. Yeah, we had, like, a huge thing of plastic visqueen that, like, covered all of us in the section, and we just put, like, holes in it to stick our heads out of. So we had, like, this big tarp with, like, just people's heads poking out of it, so we weren't getting wet. So actually, I give Michelle full credit for that one. Um, She had a a feeling it was going to rain, so when she booked tickets, that was the first year we sat in club level, and she, like, scoured the layout to make sure that that club level part was covered because... I think just it was either just I think it was just before Supercross or maybe it was the year before. We went and saw Monster Jam there and I remember she got club level but we were out in the open so she made sure to get club level that was under, you know, like that was covered. Um and I remember everything started and it started raining and she goes, "I'm so glad we got the covered seats." And I said, "Yeah." 
the last time we went to Supercross, we were probably mid level and oh my god dude we froze our butts off it was so freaking cold there i don't yeah. know that that kind of killed like that and we went to one seahawks game and like i haven't gone to any like sporting events up here at all since then just because i just i don't know i don't like freezing to death at supercross because it's always like in the spring here and the wind comes whipping through from the bay there and just goes right in between the stands because it's kind of I don't know if you've looked at the stadium up here or not, but it, like it's pretty open for the most part. Like one end of it's pretty open, and then the other end has some seating and stuff, and that's like where the hawk's nest and stuff is. But man, oh man, it just gets so cold in there. Yeah, no, I bet. Um, and that's kind of like the problem that o- the Oakland Coliseum ha- Coliseum has. They, uh, it's kind of like a big old open, and I remember we sat one place, and it was just like a freaking wind tunnel while we were sitting there. I think that was the time we sat for uh, Monster Jam, but that was before Levi Stadium went in. Once Levi Stadium went in, we went to one Supercross at Levi Stadium, and uh, and we went and saw Monster Trucks. We saw Monster Jam at Levi Stadium. We pretty much stopped like once Levi's open. We pretty much stopped going to anything at. Um, Oakland just because it was a pain in the butt to get there. It was just like, you know, and I, it's, I don't know. You already, you already kind of nailed it on the head. You know, it's just kind of like not a pleasant place to be. No, and, and parking sucks there, dude. Like at Oakland, we parked so far away that it was just that that alone sucked all the fun out of it just like walking from the car to the event and then so the, the last event that we were supposed to go to in Oakland was a monster jam <clears throat> and i remember we were at the Foral Park show in San Mateo and we were walking around and the people were talking about cuz it happened to be during the same time as the NBA finals and that was like I think the second year, first or second year that the um, the Warriors made it. And we and it, they so figure this one out. They had the Warriors playing the same day as Monster Jam, and the Oakland Coliseum and the Oracle Arena share the same parking lot and share the same like area so we didn't really think anything of it because we you know we're not nba fans so like we didn't really like think anything was going on and uh we were standing it in you know at a foil part show and some guy said oh yeah you know we're we're gonna go straight from here over to the game and that's when me and michelle looked at each other and go what you know we had no clue there was a game so we hurried up did the same thing left went back to the house grabbed our stuff left to go to Oakland, and by the time we got there, all the parking lots were full, and even the overflow ones, like they were telling you to go here, go there, go here. It's I, I took like two hours trying to find a place to park, and then finally the only place to park was not even like a gated thing with anyone really watching it. It was just like public, and I said, I'm not parking my truck out here. <laughs> yeah, no thanks. So I literally turned around and said, we're not going to Monster Jam. And that was it. We just left. And, I mean, I realistically probably could have got a hold of Monster Jam and said, hey, due to double booking, you know, the fact that you guys had an NBA playoffs game going, 
and Monster Jam. We couldn't find parking. And by the time we found somewhere to park, the show was already 30 minutes in. You know, like we wanted a refund, but I just left it. I just said whatever. We ended up going, grabbing dinner once we got back across the bridge, and that was it. I was like, this is ridiculous. So, yeah, it was just always like, like I said, unpleasant. So, like, we just kind of, you know, stopped. So, but uh, some of it's just so much work, dude. But back to like scaling and stuff like I really wanted like I really do want to find somewhere a little bit closer to like where I live because really really the last place I went to to get any kind of like I guess you can say promotional shots so when I got the deadbolt on the SEX 102 platform I drove up to this park called Hutter Park and it's up in Woodside and uh, it's very you know there's a lot of trees there's a there's like a dry creek creek bed and stuff. So I said, oh, this will be perfect, you know, because I, I used to run my RC cars there every once in a while just, you know, because it was a close place to go. You can goof off for a little bit. Um, so we went – so we I used to go there. Well, anyways, I went there, and I was taking a bunch of shots, and all of a sudden the ranger shows up and goes, hey, you can't run any RC cars in here. And I was like, so even if I wanted to take a bunch of pictures without even the thing running? And he goes – yeah, we had an incident with the drones, so now we have to ban them all. Wow, that sucks. So, yep. So, I mean, the guy was cool. He said, we'll refund you. And I said, no, I'm not worried about that. I just, you know, want it's like, this is like the closest place. It takes me like 15 minutes to get there. So it's like, now what? I'd like to have something that's close. Everything here is at least an hour away, so... Kind of so, painting them, painting the butt. Yeah, so that's kind of how it is. Otherwise, all the other good crawling is going up north of Sacramento. Yeah. Yeah, Sacramento, God. Sacramento's almost as bad as San Francisco. Sacramento is right there with Madeira. Like, just dirty. Yeah, tell me about it. My brother graduated from Sac State two years ago, I think. And, uh, yeah, it was horrible. Oh, dude, yeah. it's I have not enjoyed We used to go there for Hangtown, which is uh, you typically, like, back in the day, it was the opening round for You went to Moto. Hangtown? We oh. were at all these places. You probably walk right by me, and you never even knew who I was. <laughs> Probably. No, my old roommate, um, he worked for the Joe Gibbs race team. He was a mechanic, and so I'd meet up with him down there and hang out and stuff. So why would you stay in Sacramento? We used to stay in um, Rancho Cordova. There was a couple really good strip clubs in Sacramento, honestly. <laughs> so that's why we stayed there. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. That, that was pretty much the reason for staying in Sacramento. Actually, the best place I ever found was called the Larkspur Landing in Folsom. We used to stay there. The price, like, you weren't really getting a hotel room. It was almost like a suite slash, like, condo layout. And, like, you had a mini kitchen, the bathroom, the bed, you know, the bed, everything. And it was, like, 80 bucks a night. Really? And it was, like, not run down. It was actually a really nice, you know, building. Um, yeah, we used to do Hangtown all the time. Uh, I remember one year, so we went, the first year we went, it was so 
unbelievably hot. It was like miserable. Then the next year we go, you could have wore sweatpants and a sweatshirt. And wow. then the next year it was back to warm again, and we haven't gone since I want to say like 2011, 2012. I want to say would be the last we went. I don't even remember the last time I went down there. It was long yeah, time dude, ago. I'm gonna have to send you. All, I'm gonna have to send you all my stuff. I still have. I have a Hangtown 2009 hat. I have a Hangtown. Uh, I think it's an 08 shirt. No, I have a 09 hat. I think a 2010 shirt. Like, yeah, we used to go all the time. Crazy. So, yeah. yeah. I had no clue that you traveled that much to go to Supercross or Arena Cross, whatever you want to call it. I go all over the place. I mean, I was, like, way into it back then, back in the day. Not anymore, obviously. But now it's, like, I, it just – all of that kind of ruined me for travel. Like, even, like, racing RC here locally, like, it's really hard to get me motivated to travel somewhere to race. So it's just so much work and planning and stuff that it just doesn't feel like fun sometimes. Yeah, no, I get it. I mean, I, th I think it took – two weeks to just get cars and stuff ready and plan everything out for just that little three-day camping trip that Trav and I took. Like, it was a surprisingly a lot of work. Yeah. yeah. I don't miss that about uh, big race weekends. No. But, I mean, I there is some of it that I miss, but... Yeah. Not, not much in the way of traveling, though. And, yeah. like, you have to have, like, good people to travel with, too. Like, you and I have always had fun traveling places, but just because we see super crazy stuff. Like, honestly, like, our camping trip, we should have had the camera rolling so many times. Like, just whether it was people driving or, like, just crazy stuff. Like, I don't think we ever talked about, like, there was a couple things that happened. There was the pristine hippie, the piss funnel, and then what was the third one, Trav? Oh, God, I don't know. Now, this dude comes rolling through the campground with this lady, and they're just kind of checking stuff out, and they're just driving in their car, and he stops, and he's talking about a rooftop tent and stuff, and he was talking about going up and down the ladder and everything, and he, like, just very randomly and elaborately describes this funnel and hose system for taking a leak in the tent and not having to leave it. I'm just like, man, that is super gross. Like, okay. He's <laughs> like, so, oh, I'll just roll right over and Trav and I are looking at each other like, all right, piss funnel, cool. <laughs> you know, and then the campground host was this hippie with like gnarly dreads and stuff and he was wearing like what are those like way back in the like nineties people would wear them and they look like Mexican blankets, but it's like a sweatshirt kind of. Oh God. Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about? And they're, like, really rough and scratchy and not comfortable, and, like, I don't know why people wear them to begin with. Yeah. But, but anyways, he was wearing, like, one of those, and, like, this dude was, like, so clean, and, like, it, it was like he just went and got detailed or something, man. It was so funny. Like, you, most hippies are kind of dirty and smelly and stuff, but, like, this dude was, like, just the most perfectly groomed hippie you've ever seen. It was pretty wild. Hmm. There's just always something going on. Always. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I want to travel to a good RC event. I was going to go to that one in Boise that we were talking about, but I looked in Stevens Pass, one of the mountain passes here, had a fair amount of snow on it. So I was like, oh, man, I am so happy I didn't end up driving over there, coming back. Oh, yeah. Dude, that would have sucked so bad. Yeah. But it looked like a fun event. I haven't had a chance to talk to Ty about it and see how it was, but it looked like they had a good turnout. It looked like a decent decent area, so that was kind of cool. Yeah, I didn't end up seeing anything about it, so I have no idea how it went. Yeah. So, yeah. What are we at time-wise? A minute. Hour 12. Hour 12? Yeah. A minute 12. Uh, We just started. I almost said a minute 12, yeah. You did. We heard it. You have no idea what you're doing. Guess not. Fired. Yep. Dang it. Time for intern to step up. Yeah. The ride is over. (laughs) Intern. That just, I don't know why, but just little stuff like that just makes my day. Like when I saw people calling him intern, that just killed me. That's so funny. Like, yes, mission accomplished. (laughs) Poor poor Elliot has been stripped of his identity and he is now just known as intern. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Sorry. I'm just, so I was giving you crap on your post and I said, Capra Slayer with the axial interior, laugh out loud. And somebody had to go, it's actually the interior from NSMT 10. Single driver. Um, <laughs> who, who, uh, makes, who makes the SMT ten? We gotta, we gotta shut this down. This is good lord. Oh my god! <laughs> Some people just like need their like five seconds of hey, look at me. You know what I this mean? Is, like can, this is why you should have absolutely zero investment in anything you read on Facebook. <laughs> I mean, there there is another dude who's like the gatekeeper just doesn't impress me and blah blah blah. It's like that's fine, but you've never seen one or driven one or anything. Like, sorry, you weren't impressed. Yeah, like what can (laughs) what what can we do in the future to make sure that we impress you, Mister Whatever? But like, I was, I I did it as a joke, you know, and this guy just like has to. Oh, I know. But it's like, realistically, so do you think SMT... I'm not trying to be mean, but do you think the SMT-10 is its own entity? Like, it's, it's you know, like, it's branded by SMT-10? Nice Chevy, dude. No, it's actually a Silverado. <sighs> Must own a Ram. Nice Mustang. No, it's actually a Ford. <laughs> You're kidding. Yeah, I don't know. People are funny that way. I'm not even responding. It just popped up on my screen that somebody responded, and I'm like, why do, why, why am I tagged in this? I don't know. Don't know what's going on. It's just – it's so funny because it's just people, like, want their little chance to be heard, you know? Like – Well, I mean, I've been doing this pretty, like, religiously now. Like, I've been, like, scrolling through, and, like, when people um, – you know, like, when people sit there and – spend all their time complaining on Facebook and you're oh, a grown-ass adult, <laughs> you clearly have too much time on your hands. You need to get yourself a hobby. You need to get yourself a better job or a more involved <laughs> job. I mean... Mr. More Than a Month Waiting hashtag. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. what is... I'm just have, sorry. Did you follow any of that, Adam? What? 
the more than a month. I think that guy. I think he had to be in the element yeah. group to see it. it oh, was... I thought I thought Adam was. No. Yeah, this guy would post like every day, and so like mad though. I couldn't figure out if he was like kidding around, just being funny, or if he was he being said a dick some stuff. What, but he he was being a dick. Each post just got progressively more dickish, and it. Like, first of all, because like, he's referring to the gatekeeper pre-order. First of all, it hasn't even been over a month, so let's relax. <laughs> second of all, like, since they were launched. And, like, second of all, like, I don't understand what your goal is. Like, th- this is the thing, and this is, this is mean, but I don't understand where people who are essentially nobodies <laughs> just get on a page or post or someone's feed somewhere and just goes, well, I'm not happy. I'm not impressed. Like, Oh shit. Really? Like, I'm hold, sorry. Hold like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, to, and like, I'm not to say that like, if we were to do that, it's more value. But my point is just like, what is your, what do you see as the, the goal here? Like what gave you this idea? Like, like you had a thought associated is going to see it and be yeah. like, Oh yeah. Oh Boy, shit. We are we really so dropped sorry. The ball by doing all this PR ahead of time. I just, and it's just, it's so fun. And this is so beyond anything AE related. Like it's just, this is anything and everything, but it's just so funny how that works where, and like someone like comments on a formula one race and like a post about that. And someone comments, I fell asleep. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have a good nap? Like, yeah, what is your, just, what do you like, expect by this? And like, people are going to comment aimless stuff and that, and that's fine. But it just, it's so funny. Cause like, I always think about this, like, no, you had a thought and you were like, here, let's, let's do this. Let's go. I'm going to go yeah. find the, going to go find the group. I'm going to post about this. And, and the dude was hashtagging everything. Like he would like every comment, he would throw hashtags into the middle of his sentence and stuff. Hashtags like, don't do anything. Oh if it's, hashtags don't do anything. If it's not something that people actively use, it doesn't make the post scene any quicker. It doesn't make more people like it. It doesn't do anything. It is just yeah, a link to it's a place. Not trending on Twitter. No, like if, more waiting more than a month is not trending on no. Twitter because you hashtag. If it you on. click it, if someone clicks that hashtag, Hashtag, all they see is a collection of your posts with that hashtag. That nobody cares about. This is why this is why when you do sponsor posts and event posts and stuff like that, don't use hashtags because they don't do anything unless someone specifically goes and searches for it. If you yeah, tag yeah. the company, <laughs> then you're gonna have a clearer path and more people are gonna see it. And yeah, it the company's right gonna to see their it. page instead of a page with hashtags and pictures and posts if someone were going to go to if someone made a post right now on facebook that was hashtag sor i would have no idea yeah you're not alerted to it you don't see it you don't anything that's why you just at everybody when you're doing stuff so funny that people don't understand how that works and it's oh hashtag more than a month well what was super funny was the fact that he was upset with the PR stuff, like he was legit <laughs> mad that there had been pre-release stuff and photos and that that happened a month before they were even shipping. Like that dude felt so wronged and upset by it. And it's like, well, you know, that's pretty typical. I mean, like in the automotive world and stuff, you know, like, Hey, this is, you know, next year Chevy going to be coming out. Like, do you hop on 
Facebook and you're super pissed, like, waiting more than a year. Like, you know, I mean, it it's toy car stuff. Like, you look like such a chode when you're complaining about... It's like, no wonder people hate Americans in the world, you know? Like, no wonder no one likes us because we sit here and we bitch about dumb shit like, I had to wait a month for this toy car to show up and like, really? Come on. Like, have a real problem, you know? Like, everybody looks at that like, dude, you're just such a jackass sitting here complaining about recreation stuff. Like, come on. So then, see, this is like I said. There's absolutely zero reason to have any investment on what people are saying. Yeah, it's, well, it's silly. It just solidifies like my thought that everybody needs to listen to the song by Tom McDonald. People so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> that song sums up everything that's wrong with everything going on right now. In a three-minute window. <laughs> yeah. The thing that gets me is how much value people place in other people's recommendations. Like, you you would not know this dude if he was standing next to you at the supermarket. Like, there is, like, you don't know this stranger on Facebook yet. You're just taking his word that such and such <laughs> product is good. It's like, what are his qualifications? Like, where does he drive? What's the terrain like? Is it like the terrain that you drive on? Is You know, like, has he spent years in the hobby or is he new to it? You know, it's like they don't – no one, you know, like really examines – who these people are that are like, oh, yeah, you need to buy this servo or this tire is the best tire I've ever used. Like, that's one of the dumbest arguments I think that I've seen on Facebook is what tire is the best? It's like, dude, you're just opening a can of worms. It's the whole Ford Chevy thing all over again. I mean, I just just want to make the one quick key point that this is a really bad point to make on a podcast. But most of that does hold true is to some people put themselves at risk by steering themselves so wrong based off of just whoever responds the quickest. Yeah, exactly. And what's dumb is like, I mean, there's people that are knowledgeable out there that could chime in on stuff, but don't because there's just so much BS that's going to be attached to it. You know, like, oh, you know, it's like anytime you say something, it turns into a big pissing match. And, oh, I I know more than blah, blah, blah. And, okay, <laughs> whatever. I mean, it actually just, you know, the people that have been in the hobby for a while that actually, like, would have something beneficial to say to you don't because of just having a bunch of dumb dickheads arguing with you about it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tricky, but... At the same time, it's like, well, also, too, like, what are people supposed to do? Because people want to ask questions, so. Oh, yeah, no, exactly. It's just, like, do a little bit of research first, though, you know? Like, yeah. the, dude, the dude that lives in Nebraska and crawls on tree roots isn't going to have a super good recommendation for what tires you're going to use in rocky terrain. I mean, it's just, it's common sense, but people just, you know. No, it's whoever, like, shouts out their bro's brand the most is who they're going to listen to. Yeah. Bro. Bro. That's why I got to say, only buy SOR products. No one else. I wouldn't even buy that stuff. Like, 
<laughs> don't even buy our stuff. Uh, I don't know. People are funny. It's just Facebook's such a weird place, and I despise it, but at the same time, it's so necessary right now for what we do, and that's the really crappy part. It's like you don't want to be a part of it. You don't want to be on there, yet you've got to monitor it because it's basically, you know, nobody uses the internet for anything really anymore. It's just Facebook is like their new little internet and that's where they ask all their questions and that's where they go to find new stuff and everything else. And it just, it really kind of sucks that you've got to like, you're sort of forced to be a part of it if you're wanting to be a successful business. And that's, that's a huge bummer because it's not a very nice place to be. And it's definitely not a very forgiving place to be. Yeah. So, I don't know. Oh, I was talking to uh, Sean Rusin earlier today, and oh, yeah. uh, he wants to come back on the show at some point. Um, we're thinking maybe next week. Oh, cool. So he wants to do some drag racing talk, and then um, he's got some news on the U4RC front, so we'll see what oh. happens there. And then uh, he was even talking about getting a gatekeeper, trying to revive the 1-9 class, which would be really cool. Damn, that'd be cool. Yeah, we should do that. That'd yeah, be fun. so it'd be nice to catch up with him and kind of see what's been going on. I know he's been doing a lot of drag racing. Yeah. No, he's been busy. And actually, Brett and Brenda got to do some drag racing down there, too. Oh, really? Yeah, dude, they're not coming back to like, mid-November. Like, they're on one wow. hell of a trip. That's awesome. I had no idea. Yeah, they're they're gone for a while. And Brett's all bummed out because he's got a gatekeeper here waiting for him when he gets back. <laughs> so he's got, he's like looking forward to building it, and it's just sitting there. He's got to oh, wait. <laughs> Poor guy. No, they visited a main. I'm sure a lot of people probably saw that. That was cool. Yeah. They kind of got the VIP treatment at a main. Got to do some oval racing. Got to do some carpet off road. Got to do a bunch of cool stuff there. They got to hang out with Matt and meet Matt, so that was neat. Yeah, it was pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah, so that's a pretty crazy trip they decided to take. I had no idea. I thought they were going to be back pretty soon, but not the case. And Brett was talking about wanting to do, like, some sort of event with, like, the Die Hard crew and everything, but the problem, like, for scale stuff, but the problem with that right now is, like, Cap Sani is a 10-car minimum in the, or 10-car max in the parking lot. So if there's more than 10 cars, you can't be there, which I don't know how they enforce that and decide who's there first, but whatever. And then Mount Erie is closed from Saturday, no, excuse me, Friday, Saturdays, and Sundays. And so it really doesn't leave a whole lot of options. I mean, there's like Deception Pass, and that's really about the only place we could get together and have some fun with everybody. Yeah. So that's a that's a huge bummer. Especially old ten car thing, and you got to get there so early if you're going to try and you know be there for any bit of time. Yeah. And then you go back to your car and like get something, and then you leave again. And there's people like waiting in the parking lot to park, and they're giving you dirty looks, like they just got faked out. <laughs> thought, thought you were going to leave. Yeah. So I don't know. 
I'm ready to go back over to Clay Ellum though. <laughs> yeah. That was fun. We need to like meet Glenn there so we can find the spot that he went to. Yeah. That whole place. I, I don't know if we ever actually said this on the show, but that whole place was not our end goal. We just, we stopped there and we thought this might be it. And then we thought about it a little bit more. It's like, no, this isn't what we were told. So then we went looking for it and never found it. So, so. yeah. So we came back and just, just stroke a luck that the campground that we stopped at, we, saw a campsite that was kind of near the river and we stopped and like, Hey, let's go to the truck and walk around and look. And as it turns out, it was like just this little gold mine of an area where we, where we were that was like right, you know, very close and walking distance to our campsite and stuff. So yeah. it was pretty rad. It was a cool spot. I mean, it was great for video. Oh yeah. It was absolutely. Great for it, making video. it would have been really fun to just like, I was looking at some of the spots in that video and there was a lot of like other things to check out that if we would have had more time to just yeah. play, it probably would have been really, really fun, but we were kind of rushed through the second day. Yeah. There's a lot well, that I left out there too. So, yeah. Well, and the other thing too is like if, if we hadn't have like packed up and go try and find it on Sunday, we could have spent a lot more time driving or playing around where we already were. Yeah. And I'm sure the pristine hippie would have let us stay a little bit late and just park after we packed our stuff up and drive it for a while. <laughs> yeah. That was nice of him. Well, so, yeah. about an hour 28. What do you guys think? Did you guys have anything else? No, that was it. We were kind of rambling on. Yeah. I hope we, did. I hope we didn't lose anybody. <laughs> no. yeah, people got to be used to it really, by now yeah we didn't really come into this with a plan again but <laughs> but don't worry we have a plan for episode 69 so all you guys wait we do it'll be great <laughs> yeah yeah uh, well all righty do we shut her down i think we shut her down cool all right well thanks so, everybody i'll see you guys next week see you next week catch you next time <laughs>